you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Mr. Big Chest, where do you think you'll go, Mr. Big Chest? David, football, football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Oh, Antonio Brown, I'm a big fan of yours, but you don't ever give yourself the nickname. That just never works out. C, number 18, the sheriff and beyond. You just can't do that. Hi and hello, and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. I hope all's well wherever you are, or at least better than it is in the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room or in the organization, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Antonio Brown and Art Rooney II have agreed what we already all knew, that he was on his way out of town, Antonio Brown. They've agreed that that Antonio will be traded at some point, and uh, I'm anxious to see. I've got to say, as a Pittsburgh Steelers guy, I am actually intrigued at worst and optimistic at best about how the 2019 Steelers can look once they do move the sizable contract of Antonio Brown, great as he is, one of the three best wide receivers of the Super Bowl era, and Le'Veon Bell, who when he... um, when we last saw him in a Steelers uniform, I think most people would have agreed was the best running back in pro football. Nevertheless, you can't uh, control what you can't control. And the Steelers have controlled this. I feel like about as well, I guess we'll have to see how both uh, things shake out. Fortunately, we have uh, one of the best guys to weigh in on this that uh, we could possibly track down from the athletic covers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Mark Cabali. We'll get to him in just a second. So we can dig in on all the latest with a B and Lev Bell. If you know that, that name, Mark Abali, it's because I bring him up all the time on the show and on social media. He's a guy who has his ear to the ground on what's going down in that locker room. And uh, so I think he will uh, be able to, if you're intrigued, you don't have to be a Steelers fan, by the way, to to listen to this. You have to, if you're a Levian Bell or an Antonio Brown and intrigued where two of the biggest names in pro football will be toiling in autumn 2019, you want to stick around for this. Real quick, behind the glass, how was uh, everybody's weekend there? Eddie Spaghetti? 
Eddie, you watch True Detective? Yeah, it was very good. Uh, True Detective, I watched uh, Bohemian Rhapsody to get myself prepared for I don't care uh, for Sunday's I don't Oscar. care to see the biopics. It was good. I mean, he was great. Rami Malek was great. I don't think that's the best picture. I don't think if you're teaching a course on the greatest films of all time, you're like, you know what you got to see is Bohemian Rhapsody. It's just like a, you know, like a, it's a nonfiction story, basically, just showing them, hey, this is the band that's rise right. and whatever. It's like there's no real aspects to it to make me go, wow, that was amazing. It was fun. It was just a good, fun movie. I, I'll say this to you, Emma VP, uh, and how was your weekend, by the way? It was good. Terrific. Yeah. Um, I got a little something in the mail over the weekend, MVP. Oh. oh, you did? An invitation, oh. as it happens. That only makes one of us. Oh, <laughs> no. It's definitely on oh. its way. So this is how I'm finding out. Oh, okay. <laughs> something else. This is uh, breaking news, everyone. Yeah, Dave's you going, be my plus one. You can Perfect. be my plus that's, one spaghetti. That's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, MVP uh, tying the knot in a matter of months here. Um but uh, you're uh, you're one of these scribes, one of these screenplay or uh, TV or movie and whatever kind of writer. Um, I, here's a hot take for you on movies. I say that biopics, by and large, are underwhelming, and we don't need them. We just need documentaries. Here's a good example of it. The mo- what was the movie called about the 1980 uh, USA Olympic team? Miracle. Col- Miracle. Why do we need that when we have the actual documentary the f- evidence of oh, what they did? What do we need to see that for? We already- yeah. I mean, Miracle is pretty good, though. I've never watched it out of principle. Why would I watch a movie when I already watched what happened and I can watch a documentary about it and hear the actual people tell the same story as opposed to having an actor do the do the scenes for them? I'm with you on that, too. You know what my issue is? I don't like going into a movie knowing the outcome. It's like I don't want to watch the Titanic because I know what happens. I don't want to watch Bohemian Rhapsody because I you know, know ultimately what happens to Freddie Mercury. So part of me is like I'm less interested. For another example, I saw a movie, um, the one your buddy uh, Ham was in, uh, Bad. Bad time at uh, El Royale. I heard that's great. Awesome. Like, oh, it was good. So okay. fun. It was like it's, it was pretty long too. But you don't. It's a it's a mystery. Like there's a lot of like moving parts. A lot of really good actors in that movie as well. So there's a lot of things going on where you're just like on the edge of your seat. Like this is really fun. You're engaged the entire time. And I thought I wasn't engaged in Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's like I know what happens. Like I know they perform really well at the Live Aid. I know what happens to Freddie. Like I just I I get it. So it's like you're not really getting much out of it. I thought the NWA movie was kind of like. Meh. I'd rather just hear from from mm-hmm. the guys themselves in documentary uh, fashion than I would have uh, watch. Isn't it amazing how much they were able to seem like the guy? Like, yeah, not a story from 1520. Uh, it's a story that the people can there. There's video evidence of them already telling that story. Same goes for I thought the best Larry Flint for that fascinating insane life that you could make a boring movie with Woody Harrelson no less um, that says all that that's the indictment uh, of uh, biopics and the other one and Michael Mann is one of the greatest uh, movie makers of my lifetime and one of his few stinkers in my book Ali how can you make Muhammad Ali seem boring just watch documentaries of the real thing that's how you can't make it because he's too he's too charismatic even Will Smith can't uh, can't approximate the cool factor of Ali so just show me the documentaries of Ali you see, Emma VP? I understand. Don't waste your time with biopics. I think there's some good ones, though. It brings new life to other characters, and you can like incorporate other storylines. I mean, a great documentary is great, too. I mean, but yeah. I think if it's about good. King Henry, you know, like, because they didn't shoot video of him. You see? Yeah. Would you see Theory of Everything? I didn't see that one. That was a good one. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, I, think mean, we're, I think we're both right, you know? 
No. Nope. Okay. The other big uh, hot take I have for you regarding movies. I watched Up again. Not Up again. Up. Mm. Second time. Well, more than once. But this movie, it's wonderful. And it, it's embarrassing that you makes you get choked up when you're two minutes into an animated movie and you start getting choked up because it basically tells the life story of these two, these two people who were together for their entire lives pretty much. The movie should have been, it should have ended at about the 25, 30 minute mark. There's not, once, once the balloons come out and he, and it hoists the house that they, uh, that they built together and the, li- the lives that they built together, once it soars and he's fulfilling the promise to get her to that place, that's the end of it. You don't need, we don't need the nonsense in the jungle. All that's just tacked on jive so that they hit the 90 minute mark. If you just want a, sh- a short film, you're fine with that. Being John Malkovich, a wonderful picture. But it should end at about the 55-minute mark. The third act is just tacked on nonsense. We just, well, then it wouldn't really be, what would we do? See, now we have Netflix and such. You just put those, those movies out there. The movie that is, I think, 20 years old uh, today at the time of our recording, Office Space, should end at about the 50- or 60-minute mark. We don't need the, the big tumult at the end with all the whatever hat. Would they blow the building up or whatever? It burns to the ground. We don't need that. You see? It's a pretty good payoff, though, and you get the last scene with Milton on the beach. And Apparently, you're just here to be devil's just advocate a, yeah, today. Contrarian. I do like long movies if they're interesting. I, I listen. <laughs> I like I a good you, third act. I, I, I feel like that's a, that, that you're uh, implying something that I don't care for, you're sir. A, you're a big cliffhanger guy. I love you long are. movies. If they're good movies, I'm all in for the long picture. By the way, we have to get Mike McGlinchey on the show. <laughs> I saw his the 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 tweet he did about the under, most overrated movies of all time. This is a, one of your Notre Ugh, Dame fans. I know. I and I follow, and I follow, and I was very upset with that. He put like Pulp Fiction. He said the most overrated movies of all time are Pulp Fiction, Fight Club, and there's a third. I'm forgetting. You're right. I yeah, can't think of I can look one. it up for you. It was there were all three movies were great, and I was very upset with. Uh, Fight Club. I'm okay. I mean, like, I have Fight Club doesn't make my you know my top 100 pictures of all time or anything, but. Um, Wait, what was the other one? I, I'm pulling up right now for you. But it's outrageous. Oh, big, big Lebowski. And Big Lebowski. Come that, on. That's it's bad. We got to book him on the show. I want, listen, I like pro football, but I, as you know, my mission, as long as I am here in Studio 66, is to make our great game even greater. And it starts now with Mike McGlinchey. I didn't expect to have to take this detour to clear things up, but he, you know, he dropped it in my lap. Much like. Art Rooney, too, didn't anticipate all this stuff with Antonio Brown, but now it's in his lap, and now the Steelers must deal with it. And uh, let's get into all of that right now, shall we? With the aforementioned one, the guy who was all over what was going on with Levy and Bell during the 2018 season, along with our main man, Maurice Jones-Drew, from The Athletic, joining us from his kitchen, and a bunch of pictures uh, behind his head of uh, various forms of coffee, I guess. Here he is, everybody. It's Mark Cabali. All right, here he is, everybody. He has served us very well over the last few years with all things Pittsburgh Steelers related. Yes, everybody likes to weigh in on what's happening with uh, pro football's greatest uh, serialized drama, Levy and Bell, Antonio Brown, the... 
Um, underwhelming, good, good team, but uh, but not uh, as successful as many people assumed they might be in 2018. This guy, like I say, was all over what was happening with Levy and Bell, beat for beat, while everybody else was speculating. This guy was talking from a place of knowledge. It's our old pal and karate kid master, Mark Kabali from The Athletic. What's the poop, fella? How you been? How about that? Me yeah. and you might have a future in this business, uh, getting some news out there, huh? Well, I know. Yeah, we did. And with our pal Maurice Jones-Drew as well, uh, also with his finger on the pulse, we did kind of have it figured out what was going on with 26 week by week. Um, so let's we'll get the levy and bell. But the bigger story is Mr. Big Chest, of course. We have to weigh in on uh, on what's happening with the former uh, athlete known as A.B. Mr. Big Chest now is uh, it's all but certain that he will be dealt met with uh, Art 2 on Tuesday morning. And uh, and they decided what we already all knew, or at least I think most of us knew there were definitely some people out there hoping uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans hoping that this thing would be resolved. But we We've known for some time that AB was not going to be wearing Steelers black and gold in 2019, correct? Yeah, he pretty much dictated that himself over the past couple of months by, you know, all you need nowadays is a phone or a computer and a following on social media. And you pretty much can dictate uh, a lot of where what you want and where you want to go. And I've said this from the beginning back in early January is that if AB really wanted out, the Steelers could do nothing about it because all he has to do is hit record and send. And all of a sudden he creates his own narrative and makes it look like he's, uh, I don't know if he's making himself look like he's a little bit loony, but it it sure is coming across that way. So even if the Steelers didn't agree to trade him, he would have kept up this antics until they have no choice but to move on from him. And that's the issue of, uh, probably the social media era right now. In years past, this would have been unheard of, the Steelers giving in to any sort of demands for guys being able to uh, move on when they want to. But uh, we're in a different era right now, and the Steelers are finding this out right now, is if the player wants out and he had that type of uh, following like Antonio Brown – he can do what he wants. And Boy, that's basically I think that's did. I think that's a marvelous point that you start this conversation out with that. You know, a lot of people, a lot of curmudgeonly types, people who lionize uh, players from 30 or 40 years ago or the organization. And this isn't the Steelers way. We've been hearing a lot about that. Well, yeah, right. In the 21st century, there's the small matter of social media. I guess the first question is, do you think a B and uh, you know what? First things first, I want to say publicly, I don't know Antonio Brown, but. Uh, I've had many I've had several interactions with uh, with a B over the years, and he's never failed to be anything other than a delightful guy to me. He's always been, um, you know, a charismatic guy uh, uh, with us. And I absolutely before anything else, whatever else you want to say about him, two things that uh, that are worth and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm I'm not here to um, do PR for a B, but I will say one That work ethic thing is, as far as I can tell, 100% for real, and I've never heard anybody who disagrees with that. And two, this is not a diva in the sense that he does it when it's convenient for him to do it. He played great in big games, in in big playoff spots. A.B. showed up. It wasn't like he ghosted in those. Now, of course, all that is offset, in my opinion, when you don't show up for a game that your team had to win. But I do think it's worth saying that. 
Um, now, beyond all that, with the social media, do you think he has done himself a disservice? It feels to me like he's aligned himself with T.O. and Ocho Cinco. I don't think those are the greatest role models to try and see your path to uh, to a new destination in 2019. How say you, Kabali? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, basically what he's done. But he, he's been friends with Ocho Cinco for a while now. I believe he works out with him every year. But getting any sort of advice from those guys, probably not the way you want to go. But back to your point about Antonio being a nice guy and all, and that was the case for the most part of his career, which we saw here in probably, I want to say, the OTAs, which was May this past year. It was a different Antonio Brown. Just first of all, he skipped seven out of the 10 OTAs. And that's totally unheard of for this guy. He showed up the day after his kid was born. He showed up when he was holding out or wanted a new contract. So right there, then he had a couple interviews that were strange, then right into the season. And right then you knew there was something a little bit different this year from the guy than than maybe years past. It's been gradually getting to this point where he's more and more strange and you're just looking around like, this isn't the guy I, I used to know, but I think a lot of that had to do with, and we'll never find this out, Shaq. We'll never find this out for true, but I think he may have been sort of in the back of his head back in maybe May just to get some more cash. I mean, I you hate to say it, but he showed up in the helicopter for training camp, and he looked at all of us and said, this is my lifestyle. That lifestyle only goes so far with even if he did make $70 million over his career. I think a bigger portion of this has to do with more money, as he said yesterday in his was his big chest rant. I don't even know what to call that. He wants guaranteed money, not more than guaranteed money. He wants more money. And I think that had a, a little bit more to do with it than what we're all playing or all we all think it had to do with Interesting. Yeah, that well, I mean, certainly he wouldn't be the first guy to uh, to maybe in spite of that money. It's always hard for uh, for normal people to to fathom uh, being able to spend that much money in 200 years, let alone over the course of, you know, less than a decade. All the money he made with endorsements. Right. You know, Facebook Live giving him something. uh, uh, These I don't even know what they call them now. With Instagram, if you post something, they give you two hundred thousand bucks. How much money has he made there too? So it's more than just the seventy million dollars in actual salary and bonuses he's made. He's made a ton of money. So you are not someone who is uh, who who is perpetuating the soap opera aspect of it that he didn't like Juju uh, Smith Schuster getting the at least the respect of the teammates and being named the team MVP. The way the timing of that worked out. It seemed a little murky that, wait, was he aware? And that's what he's reacting to. I go with, by the way, that all of this, I love the what if pro football and what if this had happened and how things would have shaken out differently. I submit that had the Steelers won that Saints game, which they essentially did, if not for a bad call against Joe Hayden on fourth and two, they go back to Pittsburgh celebrating as the most dangerous team in the AFC. They just vanquished the Patriots. Now they go down to New Orleans and take care of the Saints. No one wants to play this team. There would be no kerfuffle in practice the next week between seven and 84, and they go into the postseason, and who knows what happens. I think that loss... And specifically, if we want to play, since Saints fans have played the, we should have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we should have won that. The Steelers should have beaten you guys. AB is not going to be a Steeler in 2019 and beyond because of that game. 
How say you to so that? You, so you're blaming the downfall of the Steelers and Antonio Brown's demise on a non-pass interference call with two minutes left in the Superdome. I'm gonna invoke <laughs> some. Uh, I'm gonna invoke some local names uh, for you that uh, that some people know nationally. Tim Benz has pushed back on on me uh, pretty good Whoa. on this one, saying that. Whoa. You're le- you're letting them off the hook when you say they were just a few plays away. They were just a few plays away from getting where, into the playoffs. Where do you think you got that from? We were on a local TV show together, and I said that he went berserk about it. And I said, Tim, this is not anything that can be debated. I, I gave you three facts of three plays at the end of the game that were ended the game would have made them at least an eleven win game. And I even gave him a play. Gave him the Jacksonville game back as a loss. I mean, this is not, you know, conjecture. <laughs> I gave you absolute facts of three plays that would have made them 11 and five and in the playoffs. Well, and that's why it's so vexing still. You know, it's easy, you know, the further away we get from it as life goes, you get away from uh, one of these negative inflection points. And I, I about three weeks ago, I, I, I started to come around that maybe Rooney will gather Colbert and Tomlin and. Roethlisberger and AB and they'll have a big powwow and they'll emerge and realize you know what we we're going to set everything aside and we're going to move forward together because that's the point they were close and so it's hard to make a decision is it better philosophically to just blow the whole thing up or or you know or basically are these cards being dealt to the Steelers organization anyway whether they like it or not they're not going to keep Levy and Bell one way or the other um, does it make sense to you to kind of reboot this organization or to try and still win the AFC North is that a reasonable goal without AB and without Levy and Bell I think absolutely because first of all they got some money in the cap to spend and you would have uh, figure they'll be able to address an issue or two on in the um, in the free agency that they need if it's cornerback, linebacker, or even wide receiver. They should get something back for Antonio within the next month. If it's a second round pick, if it's a third round pick, at least it's something they can uh, you know try to fill that hole. And you think about it, their filling is as long as they got their quarterback, and it's been proven along in this league for years and years and years. If you don't have a franchise quarterback who can do what Ben Roethlisberger does, you have no chance. So they believe they still have the chance. Juju, they still think that he's going to keep getting better. James Washington was a guy that has tremendous talent. But in my, what, 16, 17 years covering the club, he's been the most perplexing guy I've ever covered because he was so dominant through OTAs, minicamp, preseason, training camp, Everything until he got to the season, he just disappeared. They're hoping he can get that, you know, find something there in this season and try to help that out. So I think they feel that they have enough talent along with the majority of the offensive line that you're just not going to rip things up if the, you know, if you're losing Antonio Brown and even Le'Veon Bell. It showed last year that James Conner can fill in admirably for for Le'Veon Bell. It's just a matter of they need some more depth at wide receiver. And, you know, I mean, the AFC North is still pretty much wide open that anybody can win it. So there's no way – saying that we're just going to blow this up as long as seven who's probably going to get i would say what two for 63 for 90 here in the next couple weeks 
as long as he's still putting that helmet on, they're thinking they can win the Super Bowl. Okay, let's talk about uh, uh, about him then. What about all the, the there? There seems to be a pretty big division between national guys and uh, local guys. And the national guys, it seems like the overarching opinion is, and uh, spare me pushing back about like, no, this guy's. I'm ta- I'm talking about collectively. The vibe I get is that. The local guys are defending Big Ben in the Steelers organization. Why don't you uh, speak on behalf of local Pittsburgh guys uh, as far as that goes? Are you in the pocket of Big Ben to, to defend him for some reason? Uh, or, and, or why don't you tell us you're in the locker room uh, just about every day around these guys. It, are, are some of the slings and arrows that Seven has taken in the last six months um, hitting the spot for you? No, you know, I think he, I think people cherry pick nationally a little bit of what some of the things he says and takes them a little bit out of context. Like that's all he says. That's not the case. I mean, we totally remember what after the Denver game, he called out James Washington and said, if you can't make that catch, you don't belong on the field. That was true. Nobody talks about three days later where he seeks out James Washington, sits him down, has a man-to-man conversation with him for 25 minutes, and James Washington comes away uh, feeling invigorated and that the quarterback's on his side. He doesn't – so people don't see that. People don't see where how many times have been tried to go about corralling Antonio Brown in a way publicly, and it just doesn't work, so he feels no – he feels the need – to go out there and maybe say something uh, in the public so it puts him back on track. And if you look, every time Ben did say something about A.B. publicly, A.B. rode it back a little bit and, and got in line a little bit. So there's many occasions like that as well. The offensive linemen love him. Um, him and Randy Fickner, their offensive coordinator, is a guy that get along well. Arians before it were Two offensive coordinators are still best buddies. Haley, those two butted heads, of course. So, I, I and, and the notion of Ben never taking blame for anything is just absolutely ridiculous. Now, I said this the other day was maybe he's not a hundred percent sincere when he comes out and says it's my fault, blame the quarterback. It's my, but he does say it at least publicly, and he says it often. I mean, I remember after the kids was a Jacksonville game two years ago when they lost Week Five. What do you say? Maybe I just don't have it anymore. Maybe it's time for me to give it up. I mean, because he played so poorly. I so feel I like that was, was he. Was, but I, I read that as him being snide. You know, yeah, I, I mean, he was he was it, he was throwing that in your in your guy's uh, face by saying that. No, he, Maybe you guys very, are right. Maybe I'm just not good at football anymore. I'll just go home. Yeah. Then the following week, they beat the Chiefs, and he talked about the gunslinger having a couple bullets left in his. <laughs> I remember I mean, that. I yes, humorous. Maybe that's maybe that's my problem because he's extremely subtle in some of his what we call around here darts of people. Uh, some of them are you know pretty sharp darts, and some of them are like so soft tip darts. But he's very subtle in the way he does it. We like to read into a lot of it. I mean, I just find it hard. I mean, let's think about this for a second now. Just say he was, you know, overbearing with Antonio Brown calling him out. Antonio Brown wants out of a city, a team, an organization that's paid him 70 million bucks, who throws him the ball 170 times a game, who's a definite Hall of Famer, who's absolutely loved by everybody because the quarterback made you mad a couple times. It just seems ridiculous to me. Even if it did happen once or twice, 
to want out of the city, out of the building, out of the organization because of that, because he said, hey, uh, Antonio, run that play again. I mean, come on, it's just ridiculous. And I really think Ben, I mean, he he has some blame, but nowhere near the amount of blame that some of the national guys. And I think what it is with some of the national guys, and you might be able to help me out on this, I think Antonio might talk to a couple of them that then get spread out to amongst that's all. That is my that is my hypothesis, and uh, a hypothesis is not random speculation. That is uh, an informed guess. Yes, guys are listening to eighty four side of things. They're not bouncing off of the other side of things, and they are taking him at his word that I deserve better than this. And I completely get that. If you are, I mean, y- you need to know Antonio Brown's story, where he came from. He didn't come from humble beginnings. He came from really, really rugged. Uh, a rugged childhood oh, and, and 16 right and and that has to you know uh, unless you're myopic you have to understand that that's his um his mindset sixth round pick had to earn his way then quick i mean relatively quickly in life is suddenly one of the best players one of the biggest stars one of the most marketable guys in the league that does mess with your head on some level and and what you're owed and what you're worth and how you need to be treated and all that and i completely get that uh, that uh, that that's a possibility there i do wonder now and I'm not the first to say grass is always greener. Be careful with that stuff. Antonio Brown. I don't think he's being served. Well, if T.O. is saying this is how you do it, do you, th- you know, if T.O. saying here's how I got out of Philly is this is what you need to do. Um, do you think that, first of all, that's damaging the Steelers ability to trade him? I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure the Steelers would like to keep it a little bit more quiet just for the fact now that if I'm a team that comes in and wants to, inquire about Antonio Brown, I'm not starting at first and second round pick as a possible trade partner here. I'm looking for a little bit lower than that and see where we can go from there. And we are talking about a guy who's 30 years old, will be 31 by the season starts, had six straight years of monstrous numbers that we've not ever seen in this league. A guy who has the work ethic of Jerry Rice, who if you look at Jerry Rice's numbers, I'm sure you did. He played up until he was 40, and his he had some pretty doggone good years in his mid-30s. So there's no thought that Antonio would drop off in, in production or anything like that. It's just an interesting situation that I don't know what you're going to get for him. I think for my – the problem with this is now is the Steelers owe him a $2.5 million roster bonus on March 17th, which uh, if you know the Steelers – that's not going to fly. <laughs> they're not going to pay that $2.5 million because they're sort of a frugal franchise when it comes to that. Saying that, if they were able to get to the draft, you know, and, and there's somebody on the clock and you're a second round pick and you're looking for a wide receiver, you're the Chicago Bears and you're picking somebody out of North Texas State or, hey, I'll give you Antonio Brown here for a second round pick. All of a sudden, you might make a better pick. You might have a better chance to get a higher pick, but it's not going to be able to get to that point. So I think the Steelers are going to get something a little bit less than 
Oh, well, a lot less in market value than what they would have thought if Antonio would have kept quiet. All right. Keep me. Call me glass uh, half full. That's my way. I have a sunny disposition, uh, Kabali. I think they're going to end up with a first round pick for him. I, I, I think that stuff oh, like no. I, I've heard the cynics already say that Art Rooney, too, shouldn't be taking photographs after a sit down with A.B. It makes the Steelers organization look weak. I think it makes both men look uh, reasonable. And this is what I'm sure. Drew Rosenhaus likes to see. This is what the Steelers like to see. And this ultimately serves A.B. better than it does demanding that you be treated in a certain way. I think this is better for him. And I think people are easily, uh, we always hear about people like second chances and everything else. People will forgive pretty quickly. You know, I I think if he comports himself like he just wants to turn the page and he wants a fresh start, that's it. I think the Steelers would have done that. If, if Antonio went in that meeting and said, you know what, uh, I just was messed up in the head. I man. agree with that. I agree with I that. Think they, I think he comes back. I do. I think they both welcome him back. I think he's a Pittsburgh Steeler right now if he did that, but he was never going to do that. No, right. I agree with that. Um, okay. What about um, the uh, Levy and Bell situation? This is like we say, we kind of saw where uh, how this thing was shaping up. First thing, let's start with uh, pre-week one of 2018 against the Browns. The players come out, his teammates come out, and you know there were some there was some speculation from Maurice and otherwise that maybe it would be a couple of weeks and he would show up, but then he legitimately had his feelings hurt a little bit that by the by the teammates saying, "What are you doing here? Is there anything to where did that come from?" Because that is the one thing I've heard repeatedly from from pro football players is I've never seen uh, teammates talk about another man's money. I've never heard anyone say he, this guy should be here um, and he shouldn't hold out for money. Players always have other players' backs with this conversation, except the 2018 Steelers uh, going into that Browns game. Was there anything behind the scenes that led to that? Did anyone tell them this would be a good idea to do that? Not that I know of. What I know of is throughout that two-year process, even the year prior when he did show up the week before the Cleveland game, you couldn't get a guy to say a bad word about him. They're just like, AK, you know, this, you got to do what you got to do. You got to feed his family. And everything was fine. He showed up and it was fine. Same thing was uh, leading up to 2018. You couldn't have a guy talk bad about that guy. You tried. Trust me, I tried. And even that Monday, the Steelers call it a bonus Monday. They get to come in on Monday and practice. Then it'll be off Tuesday. Then they start the week on Wednesday. Not a word said bad about Le'Veon Bell because they assumed he was showing up on Wednesday. Whether or not he was told, they were told that it, it sure seemed like a lot of the players were under the assumption or was told that he was showing up on Wednesday and just like just like every other year. Then when he didn't show up after practice, it snapped like that. The guys just snapped and changed their tune. And once there, I do believe what happened was they realized he wasn't showing up. And now it's starting to affect them, which means not being able to look at the guys who spoke out now. We're talking about Marquise Pouncey, 10, nine years in the league, never played in the Super Bowl. He was in one, but he was hurt. Ramon Foster, 12, 13 years in the league, was in one Super Bowl, never won one. David DeCastro, seven, eight years in the league, never been to the Super Bowl. These guys felt this was the best opportunity. And now this guy's taking it away from us. And it was just it was just a spur of the moment. They came off the field. 
sat at their locker room. We went to them, and boom, it just happened. I don't think there was any preconceived, hey, let's bash him, let's rip him. I just think it was just pure emotion. That I'm not a conspiracy theorist by trade, but I will say that that it is interesting that they all that they all weighed in. I, in that opportunity, in that window, they all spoke out in one moment. The problem is, is uh, on that day, a lot of Steeler players, a handful of them, they only have specific days they talk to. So you're not talking to Antonio Brown till Friday. Juju's not till whenever. Connor was never. Ben's only on Wednesday morning. So in that makeup of this locker room, the only really people that have legitimate opinions or will actually tell you their opinion and are readily available are about three or four offensive linemen. So that's why that happened there. Those are basically the only available guys on offense, obviously the defensive thing. And later in the season, that old raid in the locker room locker was just bogus. You had, (laughs) you had like six practice squad guys trying to take some shoes and Bud Dupree. And that was about it. And it was over like that. And it was not like everybody was just ransacking it. There was there was freebie shoes up there that fit, you know, Ken Griffey Jr.'s son, who's on the practice squad, wanted some free <laughs> shoes. That's basically all I think Jr. could help his uh, his kid get some nice shoes uh, on his own. But anywho, <laughs> so. I, I yes, I that was uh, a whole lot of nothing there. So as we speak here, midday-ish on uh, Tuesday, this is the first day the Steelers can put the transition tag on Levy and Bell after last, uh, last autumn's confusion from both sides, really. And uh, that that um you know a lot of people said levy and bells and the agent didn't know what the contract said it was murky it was unclear if he doesn't sign the contract in that moment whether or not the steelers are able to put the tag the franchise tag back on him at the second year rate 15ish million versus 26ish million and the the steelers also were a little confused as far as i can tell by what that language was, too. Anyway, that's all rearview mirror stuff. We're not talking franchise tag. Now, transition tag. It seems to me like a high-stakes risk to take, but I also like the risk for the Steelers. You want to control. I think, by the way, to conflate this with the AB and Art Rooney Jr. meeting, Art Rooney uh, 2 meeting, is uh, this is about you're the owner of the of the team. You're in business with these guys, with Levy and Bell and Antonio Brown. It is not showing weakness to put your arm around him and say, we're going to try. And by the way, the key detail of the meeting was that the Steelers indicated to Rosenhaus and A.B., yeah, we're going to decide. You can talk to Jerry Rice or, uh, you know, anyone else you want to talk to around the NFL. We're going to decide where you wind up. I don't know what this game is that you're playing about. Hey, hit me up and let me know if you if you want to get well that's not how it's going to work and I feel like that's what two made clear to AB in that Tuesday sit down same thing with Levy and Bell I think putting the tag on him does send a message yes we are going to uh, maintain control of where you land and plus another issue is with a potential draft pick here Um, I know there's no draft pick associated with the transition tag if you don't match it. However, there are some ways to get around that with the trading of, you know, if, if, if Le'Veon brings back an uh, offer sheet, uh, Steelers can match it and trade him. But there's some, in, in, I mean, AB would then have to, not AB, Le'Veon would then have to okay that. But I think the point is they're trying to really try to 
uh, strong arm any team suitors to try to get any pick out of him because then you say, why, why just let him go? And you get the compensatory pick next year because you lose him free agency. Well, the compensatory pick might not apply here because the Steelers have something like $20 million in cap space right now. They can they can make that as much as they want by restructuring or, or releasing people. So they might be highly active in here in free agency. And if you have more gains than you have losses free agency and when I talk about that I mean just sheer number of players if you lose two free agents and you gain three you're not eligible for a comp- compensatory pick so I think that might play into the fact that hey if we let him go here and just don't just let him go free agent we're not going to get a compensatory pick so why not try to float that transition tag out there and maybe we can get some sort of pick from him. So we just don't totally lose him altogether. I mean, the issue there is you have to, it's, it's going to be difficult early on because they don't want to hold that money. If it's $14.5 million transition tag, that comes off the cap right away. However, you would think that would move pretty quickly because teams would want to, you know, know where their money's located or, or tied up with early in free agency. And the Steelers always have an option of yanking that transition tag early on as well. So uh, I would do it too, but just be very careful that if things in your mind is not going well, yank it and just try to deal with I, it. I agree. I can see how it could get sideways. But I mean, listen, this isn't come from this doesn't come from a place of spite. It comes from a place of practicality. If they see themselves as a contender in the short term, you don't want him to go. I, and listen, Maurice and I half laughed about it. But Maurice uh, had the personal anecdote last season uh, about the fact that when he became a free agent and the Jags indicated that they weren't bringing him back, the f- team he wanted to go to was the Colts. People like playing Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, and so on, like having a reason to put a chip on their shoulder. That would be it for Levy. And I'll show the Steelers and I'll remind them what they're missing out on twice annually as a member of the Baltimore Ravens. This allows the Steelers to essentially prevent that from happening. And the same nonsense goes, by the way, that's the one key question going back to AB here is, is there any way you can see them sending him up to New England? People keep saying, would it make sense? But I, it doesn't make sense for the Steelers. And as I just said, they've indicated we'll control where you go. There's just no, uh, unless it's uh, the next five first-round picks that we have, they're not going to send him up to the Patriots. No, I think the three teams off the board are definitely the Bengals, Browns, Ravens, and obviously the Patriots. I don't think, and I think everybody else is there. I think NFC is probably the where he wants to get, where they want to send him at. And with Antonio, I mean, talking about that meeting there was on Tuesdays, he better be playing a little bit nice because, you know, like you mentioned, the Steelers could send him to Siberia if they want. You know what I'm saying? They can send him somewhere where there's no quarterback and no hope of winning just because they get a second round picks like two slots higher than another team. So, well, he could wind up in Philly. He could go to Indy. He could go to Houston. I'm, you know, by the way, I don't think specifically with the Colts, people keep uh, uh, announcing that they like that fit for him. I just don't think that that sounds like what they have accomplished in a year there with, uh, with, Ballard and Reich that doesn't seem like a move that they would make I could see the the Texans doing I could see the Eagles doing it but yes to your point it's not Levy and Bell's decision if they decide to transition tag him they can send him where they want and 
as far as we have been told repeatedly, it's what who's going to pay $10 more. It's not about send me to a contender anyway. He just wants to make as much money as he can possibly make there. Um, all right. So let's so then let's just fix the Steelers quickly, shall we? Um, with assuming no Antonio Brown and no Le'Veon Bell in 2019. I don't think um, that the that the Steelers are doomed. I know everybody has announced that the Cleveland Browns are um, going to win the division in 2019. No reason to, to have any skepticism that the Cleveland Browns will do that. They just rise naturally to, the, to where they belong, atop the AFC North once again. I think that they can do it. I think if they're, you know, there's a pretty clear path based on the free agent names that are out there, they can cobble together a very nice um, a few pieces and, and and not skip a beat as far as I'm concerned. And they're, they're going to have to have a good draft and a draft that to be able to contribute early, unlike last year. You look at their draft, they had Terrell Edmonds, who's basically played every snap at safety. But after that, you had Washington, who wasn't very you know productive, Mason Rudolph, Chooks at core of four. So there was not much... Uh, production right away. They can't afford to do that this year. If you're getting a wide receiver, he's going to have to produce right now because right now your three starting receivers are Juju, um, Ryan Switzer, and James Washington with backups of like, oh, like I said, Trey Griffey and guys you've never heard of before. So uh, they're going to have to add there. Could they add in free agency? Potentially, but I would like to see more uh, adding that through the draft. They seem to be pretty decent at drafting wide receivers over their careers. If you look at Manuel Sanders, Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace, Heinz Ward, they seem to have something figured out. Yes, Kevin Colbert, a wizard when it comes to wide receivers, but somehow when you do the negative of that positive image of all those wide receivers, the negative, which is the cornerbacks, what what gives? How can one guy be able to say, yes, I like that side, that those specific, I, I, I always hit on the receiver. I never can get the corner right. Yeah, and that's, I mean, they've never really tried to go get a corner in free agency either, other than maybe Dwayne Washington back in 2001. You remember that name? They've really not invested many high draft picks in them either. I but mean, they did do, but you know what they did do that was very unstealery and those indica- the, those encouraging in the press and otherwise locally putting the pressure on the Steelers organization, get back to the Steeler way. You know what was unstealery was the week before the season started two years ago was going and getting Joe Hayden and Vance McDonald. Those were unorthodox moves by the Steelers standard and both have worked out beautifully. Thinking outside the box isn't the, uh, the worst idea in the world. And with this, what I assume the Steelers will be relatively flush with cash for once uh, as free agency hits. If things break right, they can get Honey Badger, guys like that, Golden Tate. What do you think about those pickups specifically? Any any names out there that you say that's the, who they should be targeting? Oh, I love Golden Tate, but I think he might have priced himself out of the market. He's probably, what, 13 or $14 million a year type of guy. He's probably like Antonio Brown type of money right now just because the rising prices in wide receivers. So they're not going to spend money on a guy like that. And if you look at the free agents, there's not a ton of guys out there that you're like, okay, I'm going to grab. He's going to be good. Uh, I'm pretty sure they want to go veteran route. Uh, a Pierre Garçon, could that be a guy? I mean, he really wasn't used much in San Francisco last year. He could be a guy that they can target. But I think that's 
they're going to have to have some sort of veteran because you got 22, 22, and 24 years old as your top three wide receivers. So they're going to have to bring somebody in that. As for the other side of the name, I mean, don't – here's a name for you. you circle this one, Shaq. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Frank Gore. Ooh. Keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him being a veteran presence as a free agent signing by the Steelers. I wouldn't be shocked on that one either. Really? Frank Gore at the, his he advanced age. Well, he's he's thirty. He's definitely the thirty-five. Going to be thirty-six years old. He's pretty productive. All right, I'm cool with it. But you're we're looking at Steelers running backs or Jalen Samuels right now and James Conner, both like under twenty-four. They had Stephen Ridley as the veteran last year. Obviously, he's a free agent. They don't want him back. So uh, I would be wouldn't. I mean, they've done it before, not to that level. They brought in D'Angelo Williams. A couple years back, I believe he was only 32. But it's not like they want him to be – if they would bring a guy in like that, it's not like they would want him to you know, carry the ball 30 times a game. He would be a guy that would be a situational player, more of a coach on the type of field to help some of these uh, younger running backs. So I wouldn't – and plus he would probably be pretty cheap too. I think that, like I said, I think the Steelers will get a first at, when it uh, it's all said and done for Antonio Brown. Why? Because he is, in my book, one of the three best wide receivers of the Super Bowl era in terms of productivity. And as they always say, it just takes one. And in fact, once they get to the combine and they start bouncing off of other GMs and, oh, you're, you're hearing a first from Oakland, then other teams will step up and one or two will and they'll negotiate against each other. And it'll... Th- they'll wind up with a first in the same way um, or along those same lines of thinking. Do you think that Todd Gurley's postseason and David Johnson's largely underwhelming 2018 amounts and James Conner playing just fine in place of Levy and Bell? Do you think this amounts to Levy and not getting what he wants? I think he will. I think he'll get 15 annually. I think opposing GMs and business guys are going to use that and say, hey, look at this, look at this. We don't really need to pay you that much. But the bottom line is we see it every year in free agency and that free agency frenzy, what they like to call it on your network. There's guys that get money in that first day. You're like, holy cow. I remember Sammy Watkins, what was that, last year or two years ago? Where'd that money come from? If teams see they can uh, – get their team better instantly like that a couple extra million bucks is not going to destroy them so i think Le'Veon's going to make a ton of money and i think he's going to make a ton of guaranteed that's money. i mean i say the 15 million and i know uh that that is not what matters to the players it's the upfront loot he'll get 40 million if Gurley got what did he get uh uh 50 50- Fifty five, sixty, something like that, because they offered Levy in twenty five, and the within that week, Levy was proved right because Gurley, you know, imagine if Levy had signed for the twenty five million, and then he sees Todd Gurley later in that same week get I think fifty or sixty guaranteed. I don't remember what forty five guaranteed says uh, MVP behind the glass there, but uh, yes, he'll. I bet you he'll get somewhere in that thirty five to forty million dollar range. In, yeah, plus uh, I mean, he's 27 years old. I think he just turned 27 years old. He got one yes less year of wear and tear on that body. I'm telling you, somebody there's there's a bunch of teams and you know them all. The Colts, Jets, teams like that have a ton of money to spend. And what's a couple? You know, another another thing is if the Steelers do put the transition tag on him, 
That would benefit, actually, Le'Veon. I'm surprised that he wouldn't welcome this because they would have to structure a contract that's heavily in the bonuses and upfront money that the Steelers cannot match as well, and that's exactly what the guy wants, isn't it? And, you know, that's why I think teams that uh, for me, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe it will be the Colts or the Texans. But I think these teams that want to make a splash, that want to get the spotlight on themselves, that who that describes to me, the New York Jets forever mm-hmm. chip on the shoulder, little brother of uh, of the uh, of Big Blue up there. I think they would love nothing more than to put around Sam Darnold, Levy and Bell in the backfield and Antonio Brown. Let's just do both of them up to the Jets and uh, and we'll reap the rewards down in Pittsburgh. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Here's another name for you because, well, you gave the name just a second ago there. Pierre Garcia, that's fine veteran presence. I don't get jazzed about this veteran presence business. I, I, I think that's overstated. Give me young talent. That's what won the Super Bowl for the Patriots. Fine, Tom Brady's a savvy old vet. You know what won that one for him? Sony Michelle, that's what won it for him. Young talent. Get Sammy Watkins. That's what they need. What they need to put into that lineup, what they will miss without Antonio Brown, is what Sammy Watkins can provide. Well, the Chiefs would have to cut him first, right? I think he's I think he's out there for them, right? Is he not? He's under their control. Yeah, I think he might be a salary cap casualty here coming up within the next couple months or a couple weeks. But uh, are we tampering right now, Shaq? Is that what we're doing? I don't think I don't think anyone cares enough about at least what the host is saying on this show to to warrant any investigation. I worry, though, that uh, um, that you might uh, bring a little spotlight because you're you're a credible reporter, you see. Um, all right, let's uh, let's uh, talk about this then. Um, you raised an issue on Monday night about it's amazing how certain movies you can watch them. <laughs> 298 times and then you watch it for the 299th and you learn something new you picked up something about karate kid a movie that uh, we hold we both hold dear what was it you've you've only watched the 298 i I mean i i don't want to seem like a weirdo you know i don't want to say the real number so yeah i'll just keep it it, nice and loud it's being played on like a channel i don't know if it's like AMC. It's on some channel right now, every day now. Of course. And of course, I have to turn on every day. It doesn't make any sense to me. The only thing I can think of now about the under 18 uh, tournament is, you know, like in Little League Baseball, if you're this age by this date, you're right. still eligible. Maybe that's the case. Well, I mean, it was all shenanigans with Miyagi Dojo. The whole thing. I mean, it's not even a real thing. They go in and they and they pull a ruse over the poor ladies running the table and the sign in desk. They just make something up on the spot and we're supposed to applaud that gamesmanship. No, it's cheating. They were frauds. They shouldn't even have been in the tournament. And Cobra Kai should have run an investigation to get to the bottom of what happened there. First of all, don't you have to fill out a form to be even entered into it? Doesn't he have to put Miyagi Do Karate and you know at least who he's affiliated with? Miyagi had a Miyagi, as we know. Let's just pull the bandaid off. He had a problem with booze. That's fine. He's a human being. But then he takes that poor kid new to new to this town, and he takes advantage of him to uh, to the tune of having him do all his manual labor around his house for free. He had him drinking. I mean, gives him he gives him a. He gives him yep. a car, I guess, as payment. But still, I don't think that that's legal. I don't think that that I, I don't think uh, the IRS would see that as a as a reasonable um, exchange. He has a guy doing manual labor for free. He gives a 15 year old some booze. Yep. 
I mean, I'm wait, wait a second here. I'm a Miyagi guy. Why am I? Why am I believing you here? Because he's a fraud. I told you that before. Why Miyagi? Oh, he's such a great guy. He's in there doing his bonsai tree. His place of business is that rundown apartment building, and he goes in there and he's doing the bonsai tree. And then Daniel and his mom go there. They're excited. He's not excited. But he's like, "Well, it'll be warm, and I'll play in the pool." Then he sees the pool, and it's a and it's a septic tank because Miyagi can't be bothered to clean the thing. That's his job. He's the maintenance man. Clean the pool. Don't do your trees. Do that on your own time. Oh wait, I'm gonna get this same kid to do my work at home too it's an outrage it's a it's a house of cards Kabali. i don't you know i totally disagree with you on the pool don't you have a pool guy doing that what's miyagi know how to fix a pool well i mean oh. that's that seems like that would be one of the fundamental things on the resume but do you have experience in pool maintenance no then we wait. can't hire you mr miyagi what happened, wait what if the owners are a bunch of deadbeats who end up selling it not long after that said we're not putting a pool it's cost too much money drain it let it sit there see you're assuming no you're an enabler is what you are i mean we have we, we it, it, this isn't one incident this is multiple incidents i've just laid out to you keep your head in the sand Kabali. you know what don't don't worry about this stuff i want you to keep your eye on the prize what's going on in that locker room with the pittsburgh steelers because uh you're always uh or uh, i i think legitimately as close to what's going on as anybody who i follow and you know i follow all the national guys and uh, certainly i uh i never my eye is never too far away from the banks of the three rivers and you do gangbusters work for the athletic they're lucky to have you make sure you subscribe to the athletic so you can read the work of Kabali and everybody else over there but uh yes keep your eye on what's going down your ear to the ground and whatever else they say about that stuff a little bit less noisy in that locker room now hey eh? they've jettisoned some big personalities over the past couple of years let me tell you mike mitchell james harrison antonio brown Le'Veon bell there's some martavis bryant some big personalities left this locker room in the past couple of years that's right well and the one that hasn't and all the baggage, everybody talks about Roethlisberger, everything else. The one thing I'll say to you, Kabali, and you can go out into the world with this one as well. Tom Brady, the best teammate in the history of people, had Jimmy Garoppolo traded away. Aaron Rodgers, great guy, but a quiet guy. Hit well, Among his qualities is not a, a big personality that wins over everybody the moment he meets them. And he gesticulates wildly, not unlike Peyton Manning used to do, on the field. It's not to a microphone. It's while the game's still going on, pointing out where the receiver was supposed to go, making it clear to anyone watching, that throw wasn't on me. That was on the receiver running the wrong route. Those guys do that all the time, too. Drew Brees, a little more subtle about how he does it, but it's not like he is universal. I mean, listen, it's not to take shots at other guys. It's just to say, who is this mythical guy who is that that is a leader of men Brett Favre Tom Brady and then you run out of names that's that that's what that list amounts to everybody else is a human being I heard Flacco was a great guy he's a great guy oh I know I keep hearing that one too Flacco Flacco look at how he how he yeah he's Joe Flacco I mean when it was he's not uh, one of the best in that he doesn't Roethlisberger's chip on his shoulder is that he is not as appreciated as the other guys and I think he has a legitimate case that he is not held on the same level as Breeze, Brady, Peyton. And he's the one, he's the guy who 
has been to three Super Bowls in 15 years, won two of them, all that, you know, has never had a losing season. I think he is right that he plays with the with with that chip on his shoulder as he goes through life that he feels like because I, I, he said this to me directly a number of years ago. I think I'm just one of those guys who once I'm gone, people will say, man, that guy was a lot better than we appreciated when when uh, when he was around. Hey, uh, Phil Rivers has pointed out a person or two before, huh? That's another one. And I love Phil. I love old man Rivers, too. Yeah. Oh, but Eli doesn't do that. Yeah, but Eli's not as good as those guys. The bigger your star power. And anyway, that kind of completes the circle where we start with another superstar, Nate Antonio Brown. Mark Abali, dynamite stuff as always. Uh, Let's uh, we only do this like once a year or twice a year. We got to do it more. I think it was last year. Can I get by the way on my way out? Can I get a uh, shot of espresso? Hey, you like that? Kamali, if you're watching the video, I I didn't know he was a barista now, but congratulations on the side gig. It's all a bunch of coffee signs. You remember last year I had my Miyagi poster. I had my Miyagi poster up there. I just didn't feel like getting it and making like a nice little studio. I said, forget it. It would have been embarrassing based on the conversation we just had, too, that I had to expose one of your heroes like that. Never meet your heroes, Kabali. All right. Great stuff, fella. It's uh, Kabali on the athletic track and for all the news of what's actually going down in the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room and beyond. There he goes. I know that was a lot of Steeler talk, but so what? What's more, what's, what uh, is going on in pro football right now other than Levy and Bell and Antonio Brown? Bunch of mock drafts. We, we you know, we uh, took a hard right turn into the banks of the three rivers or on the bridges that carry us across those bridges. You see, Spaghetti? I did not like the useless Eli shot again, too. You just always signing up for Big Ben with the whole, he's allowed to talk to his players a certain way because he's Big Ben, but you're acting like he's so far, him and Rivers are so far above Eli. Need I remind you, he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. I know, that was unfair, and I did that, I, I really, uh, I'll be honest with you, I did that largely to get your go. That's fine. And I did, but so wh- mission why, accomplished. But why, why? Because the Joe Flacco ones really are bothering me sure. right now. But, I mean, uh, like like our pal Aditi Kinkabwala um, has been tweeting like well look at how joe flacco and i i maybe i'm reading into it but she's like look he was helpful to the guy always you know great to you he's he's joe flacco that's the role he has to fill he you know he's i I, he's the quarterback of the team but he's not on the same level as roethlisberger who is the you know as i think about it by the way uh, somebody tweeted that at me and i laughed a week ago somebody said uh, ab's the best stealer of all time and i laugh i mean he's not that but he he's definitely in the top 10 and so, too, is Ben Roethlisberger, who, who has exceeded outside of Lombardi count, has exceeded the the Hall of Fame career of Terry Bradshaw. You know, it, he, this affords him a certain right to dictate things. And if you don't think that quarterbacks across the NFL are doing that, including Tom Brady on down, then then you're being naive. No, I get that. But why? It seems weird that no Pittsburgh uh, fans or people from the city seem to want to stick up for. Antonio Brown at all. That's, I, a, that's not true. It's that, not. That, no, look at social media. I, see, I would say it's a 50-50 split. Really? Oh, that's yeah. to me shocking. To me, I see mostly people going after AB and, and being like, Ben is right. Like, like I, To me, I, I'm out of that Pittsburgh realm. So I, I see it as like, well, AB makes a couple good points here. And I would also not want a quarterback who's stirring it up in the locker room. Like, you know, Phil Rivers, like you were talking about him before. I don't think he goes in the locker room and, and, and creates these like divisions that Ben 
creates or am I wrong? I, you know, listen, all I, all I know is, and I, you know, I hear all the noise. I do not think I'm under no delusion that Ben Roethlisberger is uh, on the level of Tom Brady. I mean, I have talked with many Patriots current and past, and no one says bad about Brady. Everybody loves Tom Brady as a guy. Um, He is, uh, you know, like I, like I've said before, you interact with him for a minute. It's probably for me, it's chicken or the egg. It's like, well, I know he's Tom Brady. So that, uh, so I assume a certain, uh, you know, uh, giddy fanboy kind of posture. Like, oh, Tom Brady's saying That's that, right, you man. know, but I love you. It's all good. That was safe. Tom, Tom loves me though. Did I, did I mention that before? But, um, it was nice that he did that. Um, he spoke from the heart. That's all we can do as people, Eddie, you know? You understand? I, I don't. Do. I'm not going to call you spaghetti right now, Eddie. I'm being serious, yeah. Speak from the heart, like Tom Brady did to me that day when he told me he loved me in front of people. Um, I think that uh, yes, I think that he, Roethlisberger obviously is one of the. But that. But like I say, <clears throat> you can't hold him to a higher standard than other uh, other guys. I mean, that's pretty much Brett Favre and Tom Brady, and then everybody else is a human being, you know? You're not, not, nobody is beloved by 100% of, uh, of their teammates, save a couple of very rare exceptions. It just seems strange to me that the Rooney's are just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, Ben's going to be Ben and do his thing. He's just kind of getting away with because it. Because they're pot committed. What do you want them to do with him? Trade well, him? I mean, Br- Brown's committed, too. He has a contract. It's, they have to move his contract as well. But he's the one that has to be kind of forced out, unless it's mutual, which he's saying it is. But uh, to me, it's just kind of weird. I don't think it's a free pass, Big Ben. I don't, I don't, he doesn't get a free pass. To me, didn't it seems you, like he is. Did you hear? But did you just hear what Kabali was saying? I did, yes. But I, I still, from my view, it still seems like he is getting less hate than, than Brown is. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, that's just how my view on it. I mean, you're not wrong, but I, I, I mean, I do think just anecdotally looking at social media from what I say, I see plenty of people saying, please, A.B., don't go. You got to stay. Figure it out. You got to make this work. It's not like that's uh, some minority opinion. I feel like, like I said, I would say it's about 50-50 that people are going to be devastated by this. But then you have that old provincial um kind of like I was talking about that that is a real thing in Pittsburgh get back to Steeler football dude get back to the way it was back in uh, the 70s like man those times have come and gone everybody that that's not the way pro football operates anymore you didn't just draft the guy and he stayed on your team for the next 15 years if he was good it's very different now as uh, Kabali started the conversation with AB social media all those things have uh, have changed things uh, a great deal but anyway yeah no I do think I hear what you're saying, but again, listen to what Kabali's saying. One guy was no-showing, whatever you can say, sure. you know, they're really not. How, how could you try and put them on the same level? No, he's no, uh, Brown's no saying either. One guy's not recently. showing up, and I the other guy is showing up. Totally so get that. I just, I, I'm not saying what Brown's done is, is obviously, it's worse uh, on and off the field, but it, I don't know. Just to me, the organization just seems to be handling them differently. And if they're going to have these talks, like, we'll bring Ben in there and be like, well, Ben, you got to cut this out. If you're not going to, if we can't solve it with Brown, what about the future of the team? You know, all these young guys in there now when Ben's kind of, you know, in the next couple of years is on his way out. Like, why do you want to leave this like stink behind? That's just how I, th- I think of things. I don't think I, you know, I don't know how far you can go in managing a player, especially the guy who, as you say, may, you know, chicken or the egg kind of thing. Like, did they make that or it, was he so good? His deeds uh, uh, allowed him to get to that position. Um, one way or the other with uh, with that, the bigger question is Mike Tomlin, 
that's going to be an interesting one to watch. And I wish I would ask Kabali that, but I guess it mean, we just have to bring him back on. The more interesting thing is, I mean, if you're waiting for Ben Roethlisberger to change the way he behaves himself on a football field, that seems um, like fool's gold, fool's black and gold. But I think that uh, Mike Tomlin is going to have to change. He's not going to be allowed to treat certain guys differently anymore. He's going to have to tighten things up in terms of discipline and so on. That's going to be the weird thing. I want, you know, that that to me is going to be fascinating. Like our player interviews in in um, in August and in OTAs and all that. Uh, is he different? What's he say? Does he seem like a different head coach? That's going to be weird. And how that all goes down and how the players react to it. Um, um, I'm interested to see how that all plays out. Anyway, we'll be back with uh, another episode of the Dave Damashek football program for you later on in the week. In the meantime, for Kabali, for Eddie Spaghetti. And for Emma VP, the contrarian, and uh, one half of the thick cast there. I forgot to mention that, Spaghetti. I'm sorry. I don't want to skip out on uh, on your big project these days. Um, we'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce, like I say, later in the week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.